Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 144 of the Hawks Hawks Podcast and all things Atlanta Hawks Podcast, hosted by two lifelong Hawks fans. As always, I am Jackson, joined today by my lovely co-host, Logan. It's been a minute, approximately 12 days since our last podcast, which was the Doomcast. But before we hop into everything that's gone down in the Hawks world, uh, Logan, how are you? You have to let a Doomcast breathe. You have to give it the uh, the time it deserves, the time it, it demands. So... Took took well. I'm gonna be honest. We are probably gonna like take a week off and then do another podcast. The reason why it's been two weeks, uh, I got jury duty <laughs> last week, and I don't know if y'all have ever had that, but maybe th- 30 33 percent of people that get called in for jury duty actually get put onto a jury. Um, I did. <laughs> they 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 selected me for whatever reason, and then I was on the the longest trial that the court uh, had. That week, it lasted all week. So, um, respectfully, I was not going to come home from eight, ten hours of talking and, and sitting and listening um, at the jury to, to listen to Jackson. So, <laughs> I I said, you know, what? it can wait. But now it's done. Now the Hawks are, uh, you know, they're a basketball team. Um, there's been, there's been a lot of news and articles and other folks podcasting and and, and national media guys talking. There's been a lot of crying. There's been a lot of hatred. There's there's been a, a bit of tomfoolery. Um, you might even say chicanery. Um, but at the end of the day, the Hawks. He are, he he was an intern for six days, and now he's the president of basketball operations. What a sick joke! <laughs> this 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 chicanery. No, but and, anyways, and, and you end know of the what? day, the Hawks are slightly on the upswing. On, on the court. Look, hey, Logan, I just want to say, I just want to say real quick, we did our part. As everyone knows, there's nothing more infamous than a good old Hawks, Hawks, Jinx. Last Doomcast, Logan, look at the numbers. Hey, all I'm saying is we went four and two since the last Doomcast. Hey, we did our part. You're welcome. You're, thank you. Hey, just saying, guys, uh, patreon.com slash Hawks, Hawks, you know, you want to send your boys some love for uh, getting the season back on track. I mean, you know, just saying. Just want to get that out there. But, uh, but yeah, no. Four and two since the last podcast. It's entirely our doing as well. That's that's what truly makes it special. I'm just saying, I, I did crunch numbers, Logan. Each time after we've released a Doomcast, the Hawks in their next 10 games were over 500 in each of them. I didn't do any more number crunching because, uh, yeah, well. That's definitely your made boy up, did it. but yeah. whatever. You know, yeah, so, yeah this is a fake statistic. Where it, did it come from? My schizophrenic brain, lad. It seems right. Like, I believe you. I mean, it, you know, it looks good. It's one of those things that you just kind of got to believe. Yeah, yeah. Just like you have to believe. Look, let's be honest. No one's gonna look into that. You have to. You have to believe it. Just like y'all have believed for five years that Travis Schlenk was good at his job. Mm. Speak on that. Let Nick wrestle. Cook. Let, let, hey, uh, hey, hey. Let that simmer real quick. <laughs> look, is that where we want to start the podcast off? I feel like that's fair. I don't know. That's probably like, the biggest like, thing. Like. Do people want to hear us talk about the past six games, or do they want to hear? Well, us? no, 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 no. We do need to talk about the Raptors game. We got some, uh, we got some, we got some loose ends to to finish up. All I'm saying, you know, uh, I hate to say it, Logan, but if I did have to put this into boxing terms, I would say that the Hawks gave the Raptors a proper boxing lesson of sorts. That was a um, sadly very complete game. Oh, no, they even closed strong. So we we might have actually, I hate to say it, uh, we might be the ones Jack, as the kids do say. Um, 
Look, all I'm going to say is that I know a lot of people. John know, Collins hit a game winner, too. John, John Collins hit a game well, winner. Well, that, that was against the Pacers. They were playing their G League team. Well, yeah, let's yeah, not yeah. give them too, too much credit. I'm just saying, I, I read back his box score the next game. Uh, brother, John, you got to have some more complete games. Or you uh, knee how, buddy. That's all I'm going to say. Love you, though. Good good game winner. That's important. Hey, it's, who cares what you do the rest of the game if you get the game winner, for real? Awful shot by Trey, by the way. Just want to get that off, out there. Off a shot, like, genu- genuinely one of the worst shots I've ever seen. That was pretty bad. And I'm not going to lie, uh, shortly before that, or the possession before that, John Collins missed a complete sitter. He missed what should be an easy layup for him. Um, now, granted, we got the rebound, kicked it out, um, and, and Trey hit a shot. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a weird last minute for John because he simultaneously was awful, but at the same time, he hit the game winner and... Look, we take those, as the kids say. If, if you shoot one for ten, but the one is a game winner, then is anyone going to remember the previous nine? I'd rather shoot one for ten than one for three, because that means I lost confidence if I stopped shooting. That really explains a lot with, uh, well, anyway. Um, okay, yeah, let's not finish. <laughs> Anyways, let, let's get back to the task at hand. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Raptors game. I just want to say, we beat the Raptors in Toronto, traveling back-to-back in, like, I hate to say this, as everyone knows, um, the Raptors have a huge competitive advantage based on being Canada. The same team who in the playoffs didn't have to play against certain players due to their vaccination status. Well, also, historically, whenever you travel to Toronto, you have to go through customs twice. Just saying, even though they're traveling private, you still have to. A, so the Raptors, they always have an unfair can- what a, advantage. What a weird... <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, like a normal traveling back to back, it's like, oh, okay, game's finished, go to the airport, fly to the next city, go to the hotel. This is like, go to the airport, fly, go through customs, fly to this Toronto, go through customs again, then go to the airport. Like that, that's a lot more time. Just saying. Okay, I mean, sure thing. <laughs> hey, let me cook real quick. Hold on now. Hold on now. Hey, this is this is this is like 75 percent a Hawks podcast, 25 percent a Toronto Raptors uh, fan podcast. So. It was awfully quiet last this, night. This is not, not. This is not twenty five percent of Toronto Raptors fan podcast. Yeah, no. Well, um, what else do we want to talk about? Did you mean a hate okay, podcast? Look, this is a hate podcast for everything. You know, it's not even just Raptors fans; just all of Toronto and Canada. They do have an awful accent. They really do. I I probably shouldn't say anything about people having bad accents. So I'll 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 refrain. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll hand <laughs> yeah, this one to you. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let yeah. me keep my mouth closed. Anyways, let's talk about the Hawks front office. Um, look, Sam Amick dropped a bombshell. I'm sure everybody's seen it by now. Yeah. If you haven't seen it because you've been living under a rock, I'm gonna hit some key points and then we'll uh, we'll break it down more. First of all, Travis Schlink is out of the organization. Um, I think in the article it Shrap said that he's free to leave and go to a different team. So. There you go. I think that's our answer. So it's pretty obvious that uh, this really wasn't a, okay, Travis, go spend time with your family and be an advisor. This is more like, all right, Travis, you're done. Um, what else was in the article? Oh, Nick Ressler is in the front office. Kyle Corver is the new Hawks assistant GM. Congratulations to him. Regardless of what you think, it's always cool to see a former player back in Atlanta. Fun fact, Logan. Two members of that 2015 starting five, Kyle Corver, Jeff Teague, both in the Hawks organization. Jeff Teague is a regional scout for college, and Kyle Corver is the assistant GM. Uh, the front office right now is Nick Ressler, Nick's friend who does cap stuff. I forgot his name. Apologies. Landry Fields, he's the GM. Kyle Corver, who's the assistant GM. And then Landry Fields' his friend who's the uh, – uh, he's just in the front office. But he was like a media member. But he's known him for a while. And uh, it seems like all Schlink's guys are like gone. I think that was reported by Shams at the end of December. So like all like the directors of pro scouting and all that stuff. So 
that was the thing about the front office. Um, what else was there? Uh, oh, so I think the biggest thing that we got from the article was that Nick has has say in basketball decisions. I mean, it's been a uh, theorized the past what couple of months, I would say that, you know, pretty much that uh, Nick has. Well, it started off with just the wrestlers, but it, it kind of seems like uh, Tony is, you know, just chilling, doing billionaire things while Nick wrestler is, uh, well, he, cooking. he he's cooking. He's cooking. <laughs> um, and then uh, I would say the last notable thing, if I miss anything, Logan, feel free to add on or correct me. Um, this one's the most notable thing for me was that uh, the DeJounte Murray trade, you know, six months ago, a lot of people were looking at it. You know, even I think even I said, it, Logan, I praised Travis Link for that deal. It came out in the article that. Hey, Travis wasn't a fan of that trade, man. He was uh, not a fan of giving up the picks. But uh, the driving force behind that deal and getting it done was Nick Ressler. So there's been a lot of talk, a lot of hate, speed back and forth. I feel like people are looking at the situation not objectively because of like the nepotism. I mean, obviously not a fan of nepotism, but like you're looking at things objectively, like n- the way some Hawks fans that that seemed out to be like, I understand it. Nepotism, never good. You never, you, you know, it's not good. Let's just keep it a buck. But um, you would think that he's burning the crops and, you know, pillaging their villages. But, uh, I mean, all I've got to say is, you know, we, everybody six months ago was praising Schlink for that move. And now that people know wrestler did it, I've seen like a bunch of Hawks fans say, well, actually we got fleeced in that trade. It's like, you know, I just want to say this too, Logan, Trey Young's playing really good basketball right now. Just want to say props to Trey. I had a tweet today that, you know, talked about him since, uh, a certain bald guy's departure from the organization. Uh, <laughs> he, he's been, uh, yeah. He's been hooping. He's been a lot better recently. I just want to say this real quick. And I probably shouldn't be the person who says this because I don't feel like anybody switches up on players more than I do. But I don't I don't remember ever switching up in Trey on a non-Doomcast. So here I go. Tell everybody who switched sides to stay on that side. If you were out there calling him number 11, stay your ass on that side. We don't want you here. That's all I got to say. Logan, you're uh, free, free to take the floor. It was, uh, so again, I wasn't there for the sort of um, the ball dropping with those reports. I was doing my civic duty. You can't have your phone. Can we get a free YSL in chat? <laughs> Which, by the way, no, it was not YSL. If it was YSL, I'd be on jury duty for like a year, potentially longer, because I would I would be the one juror that that steps up and says, "Nope, he's he's innocent." But um, anyway, I just sort of like came out of the courtroom. I was finally able to turn my phone back on, and I was like, "Oh." Dear God, like all the all the suspicions come true. It's it's kind of the wrestler show in there. Landry Fields, which I will say, to some extent, I feel like you can at least trust that Landry Fields is not a nepotism hire. He's he's a based off merit hire, um, which is good. Um, Kyle Corver, I don't know what that man knows about the front office, but he could shoot the three ball. So I mean, some respect there. <laughs> but at the end of the day. I, I, I do think you had a valid point, Jackson. Um, you have been harsher on him than I was, but I think even the past year, um, I've, I've seen your big picture idea with it. Travis Schlenk is a pretty wildly overrated figure among Hawks fans. Um, has he made good moves? Absolutely. Has he done things to make the Hawks better? Absolutely. Like He led a pretty successful rebuild. Um, and then the the hard part is taking it from pretty good post rebuild team to an actual championship team. There, there's tiers to this. There's levels to this. Getting to that top level is always the hardest part. He did a good job of rebuilding and getting us to that sort of second tier. Um, 
I don't think this is the podcast where we go through all of his specific moves and sort of talk about them. I would like to do that, though. Probably our next podcast or one soon. I would like to do that. And, and honestly, like, now that we have some distance between us and those moves, kind of talk about them. But um, like you said, the DeJounte Murray trade, he did not like the pick compensation for that trade. Travis Slink, as we joked about multiple times, that man loves draft picks. He did not want to give up two real ones and one fake one for DeJounte Murray. Um which, me personally, I still think, even though DeJounte struggled a lot lately, um, I still think that that trade was good value for DeJounte Murray. Um, so Travis Slank not liking the value is sort of weird to me. It's it, To me, um, I think people were sort of complaining that like he was like Travis Slank did not have urgency to help Trey out that year to get him a, a new sidekick, um, which I could kind of, like, the, it's right there in, in Amick's report, like, he was not a fan of the DeJounte Murray trade. Now, I'm sure that means he would have liked to have traded for somebody else, but you saw the trades. You saw four, four and a half, five picks or whatever, plus role players for Gobert. You saw pretty much the same for Donovan Mitchell. I think somebody uh, floated Shea Gilgis-Alexander's name out there. One, he's probably not even tradable, even before the season two. If he didn't like DeJounte Murray's trade package he would have hated Shea Gilgis's because that would have been like you know a Donovan Mitchell level trade package so I think it's fair to maybe question like what what Schlenk's deal was there um and and I think I I forget who and I apologize for forgetting who but I know uh, I think responded to one of your tweets Jackson because because <laughs> you were going off on a rant <laughs> this morning about letting Nick Ressler do his thing and all that but somebody made a good point like hey if Nick Ressler is essentially representing Trey in some of these front office That was stops, Michael Green, third member of Hawks Hawks. There, Come on now. There you go. That's fair. See, I, I just it was a lot of tw- it was a lot of tweets, Jackson. If 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 Nick Ressler is sort of the voice of Trey, then it's it's kind of valid. Like it's kind of a valid voice. And this is not nearly as like uh trustworthy as Amex, um sort of sort of uh what's what's around with the article, but there was a podcast I saw from a journalist, I think just a clip today, that basically said at some point over the past several months, summer, year or so, Travis Link observed the roster and thought maybe we have to trade Trey. And apparently this message, this uh, idea, like it leaked into Trey's party and Trey obviously was not a fan of that. And so they're, they're, like your tweet about Trey not liking Travis Link may actually be true. Trey may have actually heard that Travis Slank was considering trading him and it pissed him off and it led it maybe started some of this internal issue here. Um, take, take that with a huge grain of salt. It was just a, a clip from a podcast from a B or C rate reporter. It, it wasn't like Sham said it or what we said it. Rick Boucher, let, let, let Rick Boucher cook. I don't even know how he says that. That's how yeah. you know it's bad. Yeah, but it, it's it's... It's a mess, but at the same time, it's. I feel like it won't be too long before we have all the pieces. Um, I feel like the picture is already relatively clear in my mind. I think uh, Travis Slank probably really wanted to play this low and slow. Um, Tony Resser clearly was the driving force behind them trading like Kevin Herter, um, things of that sort. I think that's pretty. That's been clear for, kind of from the jump. I'm sure things of that nature kind of pissed off Travis Slank that he could not really do his job. Um, with with issues with the salary tax, um, but <laughs> Travis Slank hasn't really shown he can build a consistently great team 
that would d- warrant going to the seller tax. So it's kind of, it's kind of a, a back and forth thing there. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I at this point, I kind of don't want to do anything at the trade deadline just because I don't want Nick Ressler and Landry Fields to get taken to the to the woodshed. I don't want them. I don't want them getting absolutely destroyed on the trade. I don't want them getting finessed because at the end of the day, our front office maybe they have potential. Maybe with Nick Ressler getting input from Trey, Trey can like you know Trey's a player. He get he has a feel for for the court like. I don't know. He has a feel for the court. That's stupid. Y- y'all know what I mean, though. He has a feel for the game. He's there. He's not in the office. He's there with the players. He's talking with the players. He's playing. Nick Ressler is clearly like a key friend. Slash, like, uh, I don't know. Drive- he was on vacation with Bogey. I mean, come on. They're yeah. boys for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, so, uh, there's no dancing around this. So, so you have that. You have Trey Young's influence there, which... If Traylon got that pissed that allegedly Travis Slink was considering trading him, not, not not as in like he was shopping him like he has been John Collins, but like maybe Travis Slink evaluated the roster and said, we may need to trade Trey. Which, by the way, if you're going to get to this point, you should have just kept Luka, you bald bastard. If, if you're going <laughs> to draft him and then four years later be like, oh, maybe we should trade Trey. Maybe he kind of limits how, uh, how you can build a team. Like, probably consider that before you traded for him. But anyway... Um, yeah, it, it's, I, I think people are freaking out a little bit too much. I don't think it's nearly as dire an issue as people are making it seem to be. However, the front office essentially has no proven track record or no proven members. So every move for the next several months to a year, going to be under a microscope as it probably deserves to be. But, uh. Yeah, I don't know. It's such a weird article. It's such a weird situation. This stuff does not happen mid-season typically. Um, and it's just like... And, and it's very clear that Nate McMillan is like a dead coach walking. And it's like he's just dangling there because <laughs> we don't want to also fire a coach mid-season. So it, it's all just a mess, Jackson. It's all just a mess. All right, I have a few things I want to talk about. First of all, I forgot to mention this. This one another another key thing from the article, and it goes and goes with what you were saying about the inexperienced Logan as well. Uh, it mentioned that Tony Ressler wants to add someone to the front office with experience, so that's not really, I mean, that's not surprising. You have, I think, the most experienced guy in the front office out of everybody we've talked about is literally Landry Fields, and like Landry Fields had been a scout from the Spurs from 2016 till 2020. Was the GM there? No, GM in 2019 with the G League Spurs. 2020 came into the Hawks as the assistant GM. So he has like what three years of GMing experience, and then you know a few years of scouting experience. But then guys like Kyle Korver. I mean, like at this time last year, like Kyle Korver was just in the stands at State Farm Arena. Like I'm pretty sure that's actually like true. Um, I mean, then the rest. I mean, we, you know, Nick Wrestler, you know. I feel like that guy's LinkedIn gets talked about a lot. I, I wish I could relate to that because not many people are talking about my LinkedIn. That's for sure. Um, I uh, I don't know. It's kind of weird because it feels like people are really overreacting to this. And like, I understand it. Like the whole nepotism thing is not something that's good. And like, there are very many cases. I feel like somebody brought up like the Jerry Jones thing where the owners are constantly meddling. And like, that's fair. But like a lot of people are like straight up like, oh, I'm going to quit the fan base and I'm going to like boycott. Like, obviously, I'm not here to like preach to people that do. I'm just going to say that kind of feels like an overreaction because from what we know so far, like you look at like if we are just solely blaming things on Nick Ressler from name alone relating to the nepotism, like let's say this summer, whenever like we like that's the first instance where we knew that Nick Ressler had say with the DeJounte trade, like 
the only thing you could harp on was the Kevin Herter trade so far, in my opinion. Like, and I do want to elaborate more on this because the Kevin Herter trade, like, I'm pretty obvious that, I mean, we lost that trade. Shout out to the Kings. They, uh, they won that trade, but like the returns bad. Yeah. But like, I've said that millions of times. I feel like I'm going to say this probably millions of times. I get if people feel differently. And, but I feel like if we as Hawks fans and people who watch the games, not trying to call anybody out, like, the reality is, is that the Sacramento Kings have like great ball movement. I mean, DeMontis Sabonis is making all-star lists. Like, I'm pretty sure DeMontis Sabonis is literally going to be an all-star. De'Aaron Fox is an underrated playmaker. The, the Kings have guys who move the ball around. Like, let's just keep it real. Especially the offense that Nate Millen is going to run. And like, it's, it's no secret to any of us that Nate Millen is a coach who is, I mean, he pro, he's an old school coach. He likes to get buckets through ISO, through the mid-range and all that. He wasn't, Kevin Herter wasn't going to be putting up the shooting stats. That's not cope or anything. That's just like, evaluating what it is. Yeah. You can say I have a, a different coach in Atlanta stuff's different, but like at that time you're considering like three factors of things that didn't happen from the original thing. So Kevin Herter trade was bad because of the return. So you can harp on Nick Russell for that. But, um, someone responded to my tweet today and they were like, uh, they, they, they got on to the team for like, Oh yeah, Nick, he traded away like all of our shooting and for defense. Now we have like a below average offense and below average defense, which is fair. But I just want to say this, like it's pretty obvious from that Amic article that, you know, the front office was pretty quickly either after the Jontae Murray trade, maybe it was brewing before, like it's slowly split in the split in the two groups of, all right, you have the people who are Schlink's guys and you have the people who are more closely aligned to like Nick Wrestler and Landry Fields, because I know they got mentioned in the group we share podcast, which I don't know Val, but we're going to call that that camp. So it kind of seems like there was two sides of a pod, uh, two sides of a front office in the same front office. Like that's a too many cook situation. That's that's not going to work. A front office has to be aligned on what they're going to do. So I don't know if we can like look at the roster construction because before I wanted to blame Schlink, but now like Schlink may have not had any say by then. But like I also can't. I mean, I can blame Nick Wrestler because it's possible no. It's impossible no. So like like who who paid Hunter? Like who who did the Hunter extension? You know? Yeah, like we'll probably never know this stuff, and it probably was more like once again nothing in this world in black and white. It's probably more in the gray area of who did what and who didn't do what. So it's a moot point to think about, but like in the roster construction, I think like this team was flawed because you had so many people with so many different ideas. And it seems like you had very, two very different groups. Like Schlink's group seems to be very, very much of a analytics group. I mean, we knew that because of how much, you know, Schlink would refer to analytics, but like with the wrestler group, you have like guys like Landry Fields was a NBA long vet. Kyle Corbin was an NBA long vet. Like these guys are well-traveled. These guys are veterans. You know, these guys have, they're basketball players. Like we can, we can call them that. So that, and uh, you know, we can talk about this slogan. I kind of want to bring this up. I kind of feel like the Kyle Corver hire might have something to do with uh, the coaching search this summer, which we can touch on later. But Kyle Corver is a guy who has a lot of ties to a lot of coaches. He's been around the league. I mean, he's worked with tons of guys as head coaches, assistant coaches, and uh, none notable, but I did find a picture Logan of Kyle Corver and Quinn Snyder on Santa's that uh, assistant GM free, free agent coach. This summer. I'm just saying, I, that's just more of a tin full of hat conspiracy theory, but I want your thoughts on the whole, you know, it, it kind of did seem like there was two divisions in the front office of, all right, everybody got to pick a side. Like whose side are you on now? Yeah, I, it's a mess. Like I literally like we, it'll probably always be vague to some extent. Um, just how split up and just how uh, messy it was. We won't know who influenced what moved, who, uh, is responsible for, you know, X good thing or Y bad thing happening. But ultimately, at the end of the day, like, it's a change of regime. 
it's it's a change of regime. Um, all of our scouts are <laughs> seemingly gone. Um, I think like the Amherst article basically said we're like we just don't have like pro scouts right now. We don't have scouts right now to uh, to like do their jobs just because things have changed mid season and. You know, yeah, it's 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 a very weird situation, and, and I'm thinking if we don't have amateur scouts, uh, you got to trade your pick this year because you don't want to use a pick if you if you haven't scouted anybody. Unless you know, if you get number one or two, number you know, number one or number two overall, probably don't even need to, need to scout. Um, it's pretty obvious, but yeah, it, it's a mess. It's my a- advice. You know, you get the victor pick. Trade down the pick five, maybe pick up a, ne- a pick next year for a Duke wing. You know, that's always a good pick. God. <laughs> he, hit, he hit like four threes in a row today. I saw Twitter was buzzing about that. Victor Webbiani, by the way. But yeah, sorry, Logan, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, it's fine. It's, it's, yeah, I, I really, it's so weird. It, I will say one thing that you can at least appreciate about the Schlenk era. At least, the, at least things were, were functional. Um, he may have, you know, I don't think he was particularly good at building teams. I think that's kind of become a little bit clear. Um, he just, like the one year he was able to build a decent team, he had the most cap space in the league, um, which that's just not going to happen very frequently. Um, and even then, like it was Gall- Gallo and Bogey and Chris Dunn and Rondo that he signed. Like, you know, it, it's not like he made all around a plus moves on any of those. Like it's, it's, I don't know the drafting, you know, it's ironic because you have said multiple times the the Jonesy quote where it's Travis Slank is always going to have a job. If y'all keep letting guys like AJ Griffin or Jalen Johnson fall to him. Um, now granted, he will still probably have a job in a year with a different org, but it's just funny that the thing that ultimately led him to lose his job was like, owner's son just said you know what man it's time you move aside i've got some ideas <laughs> me and trey just went to cancun for a couple weeks we talked <laughs> it's just it's it's funny like it makes you kind of appreciate that things worked in a normal manner um when Travis Slank was here you didn't have nick wrestler cooking you just had your scouts and your gm and you had normal stuff and you know what maybe that normal stuff led to a couple bad decisions some some bad contracts, some underwhelming draft picks, some underwhelming draft trades, but uh, at least people weren't saying we're <laughs> a nepotism baby organization. But um, it is what it is. This is this is the cards that the, the organization has now. Um, I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. The truth is, is that obviously, like I've been kind of harsh on Trey Young this year, but the last month he's been Trey Young, like. Truly, just back to normal. Trey Young, he's a franchise player. He's not going to always be the is- easiest player to build around because of the way he plays and just his shortcomings. But at the end of the day, he is a franchise player. In my opinion, still one of the fifteen to seventeen best players in the league. Um, Dejounte is a good player. You, you kind of got to get a new coach. But the truth is, I don't think we're screwed. We have good talent. We have AJ Griffin. We have Clint Capella. We have Hunter, who has been very good lately, but, you know, at the end of the day, he's Hunter. He can be amazing one week and then trash for two weeks. That's just what he is. We're not completely screwed, but um, I do understand being a little concerned. 
But at the end of the day, Jackson, we're all in this kitchen, and now it's his time to let Nick cook. And if he- I just want to say to all my guy, I'll tell everybody out there, hey, I'm my guy Nick Ressler. I want you to keep that same energy because he's going to start killing it soon, and all y'all are going to be saying sorry. So keep that same energy. Yup. That's, that's a throwback. Let's see who gets that one. Yeah, that was, that was, that was interesting. That, that really was. That's the Michael Porter Jr. quote, my boy, about Trey during Summer League. That, that but was, I don't know. That's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. No, that was literally, you ready? You're going to really, it's going to really feel like life is flying by. This summer, it's going to be five years since we drafted Trey Young. So. Yeah, that is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, that is really crazy. Anyways, I do want to say, like, on the note of the dysfunctionalist, like, people can say whatever they want to about, like, the nepotism stuff. Like, everybody's, like, mocking the Hawks, and, like, I get it. Like, there's always going to be at least one fan base that gets clowned on. I'm not going to sit here and be a baby about it. I'm guilty of it, too. Like, I don't I don't care what people in the national media got to say. Look, this, this really just adds to the fact that, like, this is all going on, and this all seems to be, like, ownership and front office stuff, and somehow, like, Trae Young getting blamed for all of it. Like, Trae Young gets blamed for the most absurd stuff by people who, like, aren't Hawks fans, and, like, honestly, it's kind of seeped through the Hawks fans. Like, I said that thing earlier about Hawks fans switching up on Trey. It's like, I'm going to keep it real. Trae Young is not bigger than the Atlanta Hawks. Trae Young is easily bigger than Travis Link was. He's bigger than, oh. you know, Nick Wrestler, respectfully, like, even like, though he's Tony's son, but, like... like <laughs> I don't get it, man. That, that's the thing. Like, it in the NBA, I would absolutely say, you know what? If Trey Young wants to basically have like a voice in the GM room, let him. You should. Like, you legitimately should. Like, Trey Young is the Hawks. Like, sit it's, here and harp on his defense. Sit here and harp of, on like the. It's kind of uncomfortable to say, just because like in team sports, it's just not <laughs> supposed to be like that. But this is the NBA. This is literally. This just, is just sports nowadays. Like even the NFL's like this, man. Nah, like, not like I don't know. Well, actually, but like, do you think Patrick Mahomes has one of his friends telling whoever the Chiefs GM is, like, yo, you need to, you need to sign Juju Smith-Schuster? You know what I mean? Well, like, I mean, to be fair, I mean, didn't Patrick Mahomes literally have like his friend signed to the active roster, like that Geiger guy who like returned kicks and occasionally like played on kickoff? Like, I, like we all remember no that, idea. right? Like, no idea what you're talking about. All right, he had like his best buddy like on the 50 man active roster, like during the playoffs too. So this wasn't just like a oh funzy thing. Like, no, granted, Patrick Mahomes has won a championship. But anyway, the point being, <coughs> in the NBA, this is more common. Like. Now, granted, Trey Young is not LeBron, but LeBron was essentially the shadow GM for those Cavs teams and probably these Lakers You've seen Lay GM. Are you ready for a Trey GM? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. Now, now what's funny is if Trey Young recognizes, I suck at defense. We need to get some wing defenders around me. (laughs) Like... You wonder if Trey Young's got that uh, that level of self critique. Trey Young figures out that we need wing defense and three point. He's already doing a better job than Travis Schlick, y'all. Snacks things up. He finds a point guard and look. I'm ready to ski. I'm ready to say he's better than Travis Schlick ever was. Yeah. Look, as long as the man doesn't bring in Jeremy Lin, Jalen Adams, or Evan Turner to try and be the lead backup point guard, I mean, he's already off to a pretty damn good start in my book. Just saying. Yeah. So I don't know. Um. Trey having a voice in the front office is it is what it is, but at the end of the day, if that means Trey Young stays in Atlanta, it's worth it. If if he can continue to be Trey Young for us, then it it is what it is, and it's it's okay. If if that thing was true, and Travis Schlenk was considering trading Trey Young just because I don't know, he felt like you had you know he was constricted. Um, maybe it's partially a money thing because now Trey's on the supermax. But if that's the point, if that's like true, if that has any truth to it, then yeah, do you choose Trey Young or do you choose Travis Schlenk? I'm 
I'm going to choose Trey Young. Travis Schlenk is... If I had to choose between Trey Young or Travis Schlenk, I would drive Travis Schlenk to Hartsfield-Jackson immediately. Respectfully. Yeah, so... Swiftness. But we probably won't ever know if that's legit or not, but... Um, in my head, Canard is Travis Schlenk's evil, in my opinion. There you go. Well, you know, I just got to say this real quick. While we're on the topic of Trey or Travis, hey, man, who am I choosing? The multiple-time All-Star who very easily scores 30 a game against 10 assists? Or am I tra- trading the bl- or am I choosing the below-average GM? Man, this is hard. <laughs> this is really hard, guys. But, guys, he he uh, he drafted Kevin Herter 19th overall. It's also funny how you look at that and people be like, yeah, look what he did with late-round, first-round picks. Kevin Herter, John Collins. And then it's like, uh, guys, we had Omari Spellman who midway through the season was advertising for sister wives who had no obligations except for cooking, being friends with sister wives, and in the flyer, fucking, like, come on, people. Like, that was, you've been, I know it was a 30th pick, let's, but come on, let's, man, that's still the first round. Let's be real here. If, if the Hawks hit on any of their late, and I mean, like, Omari Spellman um, pick or their second rounders, if they could hit on one or two of those and get a decent role player, They'd be so much better off, but because they could We traded four seconds for Bruno, Logan. Like, it was Jover then. We should have known. But, like, because they they couldn't recognize, you know, the value in a Herb Jones or a Jalen Brunson or anybody. Vontae Graham, like, like, for example, who was like, taking five picks after. What's his face? I don't, I don't got any uh, hate towards Skylar Mays. I actually kind of miss him. But at the end of the day, he just, you know, it... it Tyrese Martin, he's cool and all, but it just he's nothing. Bruno Fernando being the biggest one because he was an early second round pick. Four round picks. We traded four second round picks to get Bruno Logan. Just saying. Yeah. Like it doesn't get much worse than that. I think it was three, but yeah. Point still kind of there. It kind of gets better than four. But it's yeah, it's this isn't the podcast to go through all of Schlank's moves, but I do think the 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 thesis of this is Schlenk's kind of overrated. This isn't as big a deal as it could be. But, yeah, I, I do wish we had an actual GM and not <laughs> the owner's son moving the puppet strings. I I, I feel you all on that. But um, I'm just not freaking out over this yet. Now, like I said, if we don't have a pro scout, probably don't make any trades. Probably avoid trading, especially with, like, Danny Ainge. Because Danny Ainge will take Nick Ressler and Mr. Fields out to the... Yeah, well, here's the thing is before you cook, sometimes you got to preheat the oven. Maybe we hold <laughs> off on trades to the offseason. Maybe we do some classes. You so, got to let the let the oven pre, preheat before you crank Jackson, that thing on the Jackson, 350 and stick the thing in. Jackson, even Gordon Ramsay needs some sous chefs. I mean, that's absolutely that's the thing. Sometimes. You know, let, let's find yeah, uh, let's find the sous chefs before we get to. I just want to say, my uh, other than on my on my very last thing about Travis Link, real quick. I just want to say, and this is also something that we forgot to mention: um, the Jarrett Culver era in Atlanta is over. Oh, I know man. that this will be met with. Uh, I know that this will be met with tons of tears. I'll have to admit, I'll take my L on it. Maybe he was not the second best player to draft class. I just want to say, but while we're on the note, Logan, are you ready for this? Yeah. I saw someone on Twitter who was legitimately mad that we released Jarrett Culver and complained that this was a sign that this was it all had to do with the fact that uh um what's it called? That, you know, Schlink was gone. Which, you know, hey, you know, he's gone, he's out of the picture. And while we're here, I just need to get this out, Logan. Jarrett Culver was shooting 40, 20, and 70 in the G League this year, and people are mad that he got released from his two way contract. Hey, like 
I appreciate what he, for what real. He, I appreciate what he did in those couple of games, but okay, no, forty five, twenty six, and thirty six. Excuse me, I was reading someone else's. Like, be for real for a second. Like, there is no way you people are upset about. That's in the G League, Logan. The man is shooting forty five percent from field. 26% from three and 36% for the line. And and I'll read some replies right now. I'm about to throw some shade out because you know it is time. No, I'm not gonna do that. Don't read their usernames. Yeah, no, Don't read the usernames. Don't read the I'm you know, people 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 were, you know, complaining that this was a that oh the nepotism. Hey, if nepotism gets somebody on your G League team is shooting that bad, I, I suddenly think nepotism's a good thing. Isn't right? the guy we you know signed isn't the guy we signed shooting like forty percent from three in the G League or Dude, something? Dude, he's actually kind of nice. I was actually like uh I watched something on Twitter. Like, I'm not going to say or not. Like, I watched the G League uh, stuff. But, um, dude, he's actually kind of nice. He's athletic, plays point of attack defense. And, I mean, he's a two-way player. Like, come on now. Be be so for real. Like, you know, he's averaging 15.6, 40% from three. I think I like low volume. But shout out to Donovan Williams. He's part of the team now. Yeah. So, I don't have anything else to say. But um, it's just a funny time. Just a funny time. It's always... It's always December and January. The Hawks just are the 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 butt of the joke, and I don't know why it's always this time of year. But um, look, man, the Hawks. We should be getting Capella back soon. He's missed twelve of the last thirteen games. We're getting Capella back soon. The team's mostly healthy. Trey Young has been playing like All Star level Trey Young this past month. Um, he's close to an All Star game, but he he may not make it, which is kind of a shame because like I'm sorry, some of those guys ahead of him. Probably don't deserve it. I will say, I did not realize Jalen Brown was averaging 28 a game. Didn't realize he had that in him, but um, still hoping Trey Young makes all-star game. He deserves it. DeJounte, DeJounte's been pretty mediocre for a month or so, but um, he did just have a very good game against the Raptors. You hope it can keep kind of going up. At the end of the day, you do sort of wonder how much of it is Nate McMillan's fault with the scheme because the main issue with DeJounte is he's getting less attempts at the rim he's he's taking too many mid-rangers less attempts at the rim and a little bit less playmaking and i think a lot of that just has to do with scheme hunter's been better okongu you were very harsh on okongu um but his last two games he's been very good the team is 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 trending slightly upward i'm not saying we're back into you know non-play and playoff you know trajectory yet but um if our front office is in shambles, at least the on-court product has been better of late. So that that's at least a right side. All right. There's a few things I want to talk about first. And also, like, this is like the last front office note. Um, John Collins, like, we still don't know what's going on. We still don't like it. it the pendulum keeps swinging because yeah. earlier this week, there was that report that like uh, that the front office now with like, you know, the Nick Ressler people and all that Landry Fields was like they didn't want to trade John Collins and Fletcher Schlink did. And then it came out on the Amicor that they would still welcome a, a deal. And then there was some stuff about it pushed it back to the middle of, okay, maybe the Hawks won't deal him because there's not good trade packages. Then it swung back to the Hawks are just asking for a quality player. And then it's swinging even more to that side because now apparently the Hawks are like letting John's agents like seek a trade. I, I don't I don't understand what's happening anymore, man. I'll just be honest. Like I've given up on trying to find the John Collins stuff. And I'll be honest, like I've been critical of John Collins like legitimately do feel bad for him because i know like this this i mean it it sucks so john collins fans i feel for he's you also Maybe. like he's 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 a good player man he's not a. he's actually been pretty good lately i mean it's pretty safe to say that the finger's done like the guy cannot shoot it is jover you can give up on that you gotta amputate it maybe but i don't know it's just it's it's just so funny it's like 
when when can this end? <laughs> when can this end? And then like what we're apparently looking for. One week we got some random bullshit article saying we we're looking for a Rudy Gobert level package for him, and then the next week it's like. They don't even want to pick. They just want a decent player in return. It's like they 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 literally want Chris Duarte, who's like not even playing for the Pacers. They just want him. They don't know Rudy Gobert. Like there is some insane reporting going on. Like it kind of does make me wonder. Like is someone just being trolled? Like are the media members just being trolled? Like is this a big joke a part of the Hawks front office that like oh yeah every time you like get talking about John Collins just say something like irrationally stupid like. All right, they're asking for a Rudy Gobert little package for John Collins. Or like, yeah, no, we're actually just asking for a quality player. Like, I don't know, man. Like, if we're led to believe the reports that we've heard for like, what, three years almost now? Like, John Collins does seem to be on his way out. It's been that way for a while. But like, also at the same time, like, the way this saga's gone, like, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe in like 15 years, we're like applauding John Collins. He leaves the court for the last time. And it's like, oh yeah, remember remember that like five year span where like you were in trade talks and like people were saying that we wanted like five picks, a Rudy Gobert type package for you. It's like, it's all over the place, man. If John Collins is still in the league in 15 years, I will freak out. That would be 21 years in the, <laughs> in the NBA. Um, I mean, Udonis Haslam's out there setting records, my boy. John Collins could definitely play that role of, you know, Basically, an assistant coach. He basically I has this year. <laughs> all right, all right. Listen, he's an assistant coach on twenty three point five million dollar contract a year. Um, no, let's let's not let's not do that. Um, what was I gonna? Oh, let's let's talk about Murray for a second. I think this is interesting because it seems like people have been talking about Murray kind of in hindsight. Like also now, I want to ask you this first: Are you worried about Dejounte Murray leaving Atlanta? Leaving Atlanta, no. Because here's the thing. If if the reports when it happened were true and it was, you know, a big Trey and DeJounte want to play together thing, then I think they'll I think they'll figure it out. So Yeah, like I kind of agree with that. And like obviously like if we know anything from the past week, the the front office is definitely gonna empower Trey Young. Like I have no reason to believe that like Trey and DeJounte are like boys, so I mean I don't think DeJounte is just going to wake up one morning. Like, you know, I don't want to play with Trey Young anymore. But I don't know. I kind of I, I get people's apprehension because they see the UFA thing. And, you know, like you, you've corrected me a couple of times, Logan, like he can't sign the extension. He'll go to UFA. We'll have to deal with it there. But um, I don't know. I don't I don't think at this point he leaves. I am curious to see. I think there is a scenario, Logan, where let's say we bring in a new coach. We we haven't even started talking about coaching names yet. We'll do that uh, probably eventually. Um. You bring in a coach. I wonder if there's a point where you get to like the midway season point, and you know it's a different coach. Like Nate Millen's, a, he's a dead man walking. Like Nate knows it. The players know it. We know it. Let's not lie. They're they're gonna they're gonna give it all there for their for their captain one last time before it goes <laughs> down. The ship is going down. Nate Millen's standing at the helm uh. as it plunges into the waters of Davy Jones's locker. Frankly, but um, yeah, I I wonder if there's a point where you're like yeah, trade Dejounte isn't working. Like let's trade Dejounte. Like, do you think that could happen, like, next year with a new coach? I think if you want to go that way, you have to do it this summer. Because if you wait till next trade deadline, you're, you'll be lucky to get, like, one pick back. That's just how rentals but are. But, like, the thing is, like, I wouldn't trade DeJounte or Trey. I know I in the Doomcast, I said something completely different. Remember, those are those are uh, jinx attempts, so you, I'm not liable yeah, for anything yeah, I say yeah, on those. Yeah, um, yeah. 
what I want to say is like I I feel like it would be very irresponsible to trade one of Dejounte or Trey. This, the duo, just looking at them as a duo, like before duo you can, play them with a work. different coach, it can work. It, uh, there's no reason it can't work. More obscure fits have worked before. It, look, Dejounte. What, what was everyone's concern? Dejounte couldn't shoot the three. He's shooting thirty five percent from three this year. He's, he's stroking that thing. He's not like a good shooter, but he's fine. You have to like look a a Trey Dejounte, AJ Griffin, Hunter plus center lineup that has enough shooting. Like it just does, and it's the issue in my opinion is schematic. It's uh, about the process. It's about the shot diet. It's about whoever it is that keeps deciding to take these mid rangers. I don't know how much of it's game plan. I don't know how much of it is Nate McMillan. I don't know how much of it is the players. I know some things are the players. I know Trey Young taking that last shot yesterday, or excuse me, against the Pacers. I know that was Trey Young being a rat. I know that's what that was. He wanted the damn highlight. Now, granted, he did. There was a rebounding advantage. I'm sure that that came up in his mind. But still. But at the same time, I think a lot of it's a schematic issue. I think if you could get an, a better coach that could make it work, it would be a lot more fluid. It'd be a lot more. Um, offensively manageable the the real issue is just you know if the offense could work in these fourth quarters we'd probably be like four or five games above 500 right now that's just like the bottom line if the offense could just have five more good possessions a game in the fourth quarter for some of these games we're we're several games above 500 right now probably like a six seed you know we're, we're feeling okay um so if if you have a coach that you know, looks at, you know, and says, I would love to be able to coach one of the best offensive players in the world, Trey Young, a really good number two creator slash uh, scorer in DeJounte with good ancillary pieces like Hunter and AJ Griffin and Jalen Johnson, who's been looking better lately and, and has shown some flashes. And, you know, whichever one of the centers we have, if we don't have both and whatever power forward we end up inevitably trading for <laughs> with John Collins. Like, good pieces to entice a coach that can maybe coach an offense better to figure some things out. Because I, I think you can figure it out. My only concern is you're going to hire a new coach this summer. They have one season to figure to figure it out, and then you immediately have to re-sign DeJounte. Um, and he's going to want a max. He's probably going to get a max because that's how it just works in the NBA. And then, you know, will he be worth it? And a lot of that will be up to the coaching and the scheme. So that's that's my concern, but that's sort of down the road. Not much we can do about it now. Nate Millen's the guy for right now. So, but that that's where my head is at there. Let uh, let Nate Millen cook. Okay, I would not go that far. Yeah, I mean that's all we can do. What are we gonna do? Sit here and protest? We can't turn off the oven on the man. You gotta let him cook. I, I do kind of worry that like when we get to our next head coach, like, um, yeah, we're gonna get to our next head coach, and like we're legitimately gonna have to play like, hypnotizing videos to get these guys to stop shooting mid range because like Nate had to have drilled this just into their heads. Like we're gonna have to no more ISO mid ranges, no more ISO mid ranges, and maybe also throwing a tray. By the way, to stop shooting the step back threes. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe if, that would also be nice. If if <laughs> if if a coach could tell Trey to just. Try not to be, you know, the number one sports center top 10 play every time we're in a close game in the fourth quarter. That'd be great. Like, sometimes it pays off. Sometimes we get lucky and it pays off, like, against the Pacers. 
And sometimes it just kills us, which has happened a couple times this season. So, honestly, you're right. We may need to hire a hypnotist, which we'll see if Nick Wessler <laughs> can talk his dad into paying for that. But You want me to do what now? A hypnotist? We yeah. pay these guys millions of dollars to need a hypnotist? Um, yeah. I, I wonder if... I don't know. This is such a bleak thing to say. I wonder if, like, since Nick is, like, in the front office, if now Tony's like, yeah, I'll pay the luxury tax. That's my son. Like, you know what I'm trying to get at? Like, that's bleak to say, but, like, at the same time, like, you would have to be a really bad father to be like, yeah, I'm not paying the luxury tax. Like, that's kind of like setting yourself up, your son up for failure. Like, that's kind of messed up. It is, isn't it? It is. Like, that's just something we could think about. Like, maybe, like, if you're just very negative about the nepotism and everything, like, maybe that's the one good thing is, like, I mean... Hey, now the financial support is there. Schlink didn't get it, but his son has to get it, right? Like, <laughs> like I mean, I would feel some type of way if I'm Nick Wrestler. And like, Nick Wrestler, he's getting slanted on Twitter, on Reddit. He's getting everything. Like, I couldn't imagine this offseason being like, his dad's like, yeah, by the way, we're not doing that luxury tax thing. It's like, that's kind of, that's not even leaving, leaving somebody hang out the dry. That's just setting them up for failure. You might as well just put them in shackles, my boy. Like, Nick, come on now. Nick Wrestler's first big move as like a... The, the the guy that everyone knows is trading away Clint Capella for two seconds. <laughs> like, surely his dad would not put his son into the fire like that, right? <laughs> that's not even put it. That's just throwing the damn deep fryer, honestly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. No, that would. Yeah. No, I mean, no. Maybe we'll see some luxury tax stuff soon. Um. What else do I want to talk about? I had something else on my mind. Oh, yeah. I just want to say, while we're on the, we, you, to, you spoke about a Kung girl. I just want to say, you know, uh, bullying works, folks. You're all welcome. That was awesome me. I like to take credit for things. So, no, like, the thing that frustrates about me is live a Kongu. And it's like, I call him like a bus. And I call him like, oh, we need to trade him and all that. Like, we all know how good a Kongu can be. Like, he plays against Embiid. We see it. He plays against Giannis. We definitely see it. It's like, we know how good he can be. Like, it's frustrating that he's just so inconsistent. It's because like he's on this hot streak right now, Logan. And like, I want to be happy, but like with him and Hunter, like they go on these hot streaks and it's like, I'm like not happy. Like I'm preemptively just waiting. Like when's the crash happening? Cause like with them, it's either feast or famine. Really? Like they're just inconsistent. Like we know how good that Hunter and Nakonga can be. We just need that consistency. Like that's like the final step. And it's not like a Cam Reddish step of consistency where it truly is like, okay, you're either like a, a budding all-star or you're like a G League player. Like for these guys, it's like, I mean, sometimes they look like bench players and then other times they look like, I mean, practical all-stars. So that's like the frustrating thing for him is like, I know how good like a Kongu can be. I like want him to put it together. Like it's frustrating to me that we all know how good he can be. The talent is all there. He obviously has the determination. He has the ability to do it. Like I want him to do it consistently. Like it's very cool if you're able to do it four games a year. A, I mean, like, Four games a year against Embiid and Giannis. That's awesome. But, like, what about the other, like, 78? Like, that's what it really boils down to. So, like, the, I, I want him to be consistent. Like, I want our players to be good. I, I, I'm i not that much of a hater. Like, I I will gladly be wrong. And, you know, I, props to Akongu. He's been proving me wrong lately. So, props. I still think that the offensive rebound is an issue. I still, still 100% think you have to have reservations about crowning him as the center of the future. But that's, that's a different topic for a different story. And I'm not going to... I'm not gonna push my agenda while he's in a middle of a hot streak. I will. I'll hold my L for now. Just saying. For now. Plus, Capella should be coming back soon. But you know, will we see? You know, half a step slow. Can't, doesn't jump as much Capella that he usually looks he's been like out after, for a while, at, man. At, like yeah. Almost 15 games. Like. Yeah, yeah. When he misses that much, 
he's usually kind of rusty for a week or two or three. So we'll see. Won't lay up their back on the menu, baby. Yep. Yep. So my the Nate Millen offense is going to consist of an icy mid range Capel offensive rebound, miss, 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 and then defensive rebound by the other team. But we take this. Rebounding numbers looks good for the post game report, my boy. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think it's funny what you said earlier about how we don't have any amateur scouts. So that actually is a good point, though. Like, what are we going to do at the draft? Like, are we just geared? Oh, yeah. The Hawks <laughs> have like the. Are they going to go in the tankathon? Like, <laughs> Hawks are like, all right, hit Sim. Whoever pops up, we're taking them. Hopefully they could, hopefully they could contribute in some way. Like, I just like to imagine that like the Hawks, like, they get like the like 15th pick or something. And ESPN's going to be like, yeah, they're, they're trading that. Don't, they're trading that. They're, they're not making that pick. Trust us. Like, I don't even. Who could know? That would that would definitely be something. Who's I mean, know? I will say I think the fun part about this is like I feel like this is a very unique situation. So like, I don't know. It's kind of easy right now with how bad the Hawks are to put your feelings aside, sorta. Like I know you know it's easier now than if we were like really really good. So like it is kind of funny just to be like, oh man, like how's all this gonna play out? Like I truly am like very curious. Like with the Schlink stuff, we knew like there was gonna be that consistency, and you know it'd be underwhelming at times, overachieving at times. But like right now, like. We could wake up tomorrow and lose by 60 and slam articles come out or tomorrow we win by 40 and you just don't hear a peep. Let Nick Russell cook, baby. Let him cook. I think I think that's all that needs to be said for the rest of this podcast is let I do too. Nick Wrestler cook. Go Hawks. I, I guess. Look, support your guy. You know, you're a Hawks fan. Support, support now, our guy. Now, you know? now, the second he makes a bad move, I am. No, this no, the second he makes a bad move, I'm joining y'all. Nepo, baby, get him out of my team. Get him out. He's ruined the team. Sell the franchise, Tony. Tony, thank you for the memories, but it's time to say goodbye, my brother. Leave, get out of my franchise. Leave, leave, leave Jamie. Leave Jamie here when you leave, though. Let Jamie Gertz cook. <laughs> you, there was actually a fan fiction posted by some very deranged Hawks person where they're like, "Imagine a scenario in which Jamie divorces Tony and takes the Hawks back and hires Travis back." What? is wrong with you please go get a go outside please like what i mean it was on reddit to be fair so you really can't expect much more but that was that was that was concerning you really do have to worry about today's youth when you read stuff like that man i'm already i'm already vastly concerned jackson but yeah i'm vastly if, concerned as well if, but if, i don't have anything else to say if, there's, if there's one, get that out there. if there's one youth i can trust it's nick wrestler hey tw- hey Catch Nick Russell on the 30 under Forbes, 30, 30 best under 30 Forbes list. Basketball GM, baby. Let's go. Let Nick Wrestler cook, folks. Mm. Um, do want to say, uh, just want to say thank you to everyone rocking with the podcast. We know that tonight, these times are get ready for it. Been studying the thesaurus. Tumultuous. Oh, that's an Isaac. You know what I meant, though? Um, those type of times, you know, not good, basically. And, you know, we appreciate y'all rocking with us. Appreciate all the feedback on Twitter. Be sure to get us on Twitter. We're tweeting a lot. We're tweeting a lot more. Keep up to date with all the stuff. Um, be sure to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash hogstalks. $8 and $10 tier. You get free ad-free content, which is pretty dope. You and grandma can listen to the podcast in the car, never have to worry about an ad again. It's beautiful. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Just want to say thank you guys as always for listening and supporting us. Want to tell you to have a good rest of your week. Love you. Goodbye.